Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Here you go. Here you go. Fifth year. That's the nothing personal word of the day. It is Wednesday, May 3rd, 2023. Fifth year. Yes, there's NHL playoffs happening and NBA playoffs. The MLB season is underway, but who doesn't want to talk about the draft and fifth year options? It's dominating the news, sort of giving into the fact that football is God and king and the most important thing. And I'm fascinated by it because I spent all those years trying to figure out the draft, trying to reconcile my reality that being successful in the Major League Baseball draft is incredibly hard, a total crapshoot, always knowing that the NBA and the NFL, much more pressure on the scouts, much more pressure on the GM making the final draft pick because you can get away when you're a baseball GM or president of baseball operations and not have your first rounder make it. Get away with that. It's hard to get through a bunch of failures like lottery picks, and it happens. Don't get me wrong. But what we saw yesterday is when Coca and I said, look what's happening here. We got to discuss this. The NFL has a salary cap. We know this. The NBA has a salary cap. MLB does not. There are people employed, and I mean scores of people, whose sole job is to get around the salary cap. That's why in the NFL, when you see all these deals and you see salary cap casualties, you see signings where they have empty years out or they've got clauses where they're being paid this then, but that and the other. It's all done by people in a back room who are combing through the rules of the collective bargain agreement and the salary cap and trying to avoid it. That's the irony, right? It's not really a cap, which is that's why unions are happy with it. The owners can't be happy that they have to employ all those people. It's like rich people hiring people to not pay taxes. Yeah, that happens. I don't know that I'm a proponent of the flat tax, but man, it would run a lot of people out of a job, wouldn't it? So part of the thing that the NFL does when you draft someone because they want to make sure that when you're paying a player that you get him, not just for the first four years, which is a four-year rookie deal. There's a fifth-year option for certain picks in the first round. Then you can do a franchise tag, then a second franchise tag, but don't worry. It can be exclusive. It can be non-exclusive. You can go out and get an offer sheet. 
And that really works well. You saw Lamar Jackson get 29 offers, which was amazing. Best quarterback in the league. Of course, he'll get that many offers. And Baltimore obviously matched the offers and then kept them. Whatever. Of course, that didn't happen. So this was the deadline yesterday where these teams have to decide how much did I screw up? Am I going to acknowledge it or am I going to double down? I like the double down. The double down is when you meet the media and you say, we are retaining this player. We are keeping this player. We are extending this player because we know what we're doing. You may not have seen it on the field, but I promise we look at it differently than you do. That's a very pat line that people say when they're in the industry. You don't get it. Like in your movie industry, you don't see it. Just look at your photographer. Oh, look at this Vista. We're live on Nothing Personal with David Sampson in a new studio here in Miami. Sort of a new studio. We've been in this studio for two weeks, but using my remote stuff. But Coca got together with the brilliant people here at Metal Arc, who I think want to rename, remain nameless. And now we're using studio stuff. So check it out. Nothing Personal with David Sampson. YouTube channel. The photographer looks and they say, oh, look what we see. It's like the director of a movie. This Vista. Let's make the camera a little wider. Always trying to make people who don't know feel like they really don't know. So you get into the draft and your owner comes up to you and says, all right, what do we want to do here? We've been looking at this guy for four years. Are we ready? Are we ready to say he stinks? Let me read some numbers to you. Two, three, eight, nine, 11, 12, 14, 18, 19, 20, 21, 23. I'm keeping going. 24, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32. Those are all of the people drafted in 2020 in the first round who were not given fifth-year options. That means that in 2020, I want to take you back to that draft. It was a really good one. 2020, I'm not making light of COVID, not going to do it. Not going to do it. Roger Goodell's basement, I could do without. Liked his chair. The virtual hugs. I remember watching the draft thinking, all right, we're trying to get life back together. I can't blame the fact that people couldn't see anyone playing because the draft of 20, everything was normal before the draft of 20. COVID started in March of 20. Be that as it may, these guys were drafted. They go year one, year two, year three, and now's the deadline, not for next season, they're under contract, but it's for the season after that's the fifth year option. And the poster child of why the fifth-year option is a problem is right up there in Green Bay, Jordan Love. Jordan Love is the quarterback who's going to be the starting quarterback who's not started but one game for the Green Bay Packers, basically had no meaningful snaps last year, maybe a few against Philadelphia. And he's now their quarterback because Aaron Rodgers is on the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. So the question that you have to ask yourself if you're running the Packers is are we going to guarantee Jordan Love's fifth year? And what that means is a year in advance, you are going to say that you're going to give him, you're going to give him 20 million bucks, $20 million of cap space to a player who's not played. The Giants wouldn't even give it to Daniel Jones last year when they declined his fifth year option. And he had started like 35 games. Jordan Love hasn't done one thing. No matter what the Packers brass think, that he's going to replace Rodgers, that he'll be to Rodgers what Rodgers was to Favre, and that it's going to be the next great hope. 
I was going to say the next great white hope. I don't know why that was in my mind, but it doesn't matter. They don't know. So here's what you do. You go up to Jordan Love and you say, listen, we're going to decline your fifth year option. You're going to have zero guaranteed money. However, we're willing to negotiate a one year extension to your current deal, which is his fourth year deal, which he got when he was drafted. Jordan Love says to his agent, what do we do here? And his agent, who may be nobody, because why would he want to pay the 1%? I jest with you. His agent said, let's see what they come with. But here's what we're looking for. If you have an opportunity to make what the guarantee would be in a fifth-year option by playing, let's look at what the incentives are. But if you have that opportunity, I'm going to tell you to do it. Because we love you, Jordan. This is the agent talking. And it may be his family member. We love you. But guess what? We don't know if you're going to stink. So the Packers come with him and they say, you know what? We'll give you 13 million guaranteed. You could be the worst quarterback ever. You could get hurt tomorrow. Your arm could fall off. And we're giving you $13.5 million for next season. That is one way to not pick up a player's fifth-year option, which would have been over $20 million, to give the player $13 million, have the player accept it because it only works for Jordan Love because he's not played. So that's how a deal like that happens. Giving someone $13 million who may have an expectation of zero. But what about all the other players? They've played. So some of them, rest in peace, one of them passed away. One of them got traded, and so he wasn't eligible for a fifth-year option. One of them is actually going to be in prison, so he's not eligible for the fifth-year option. Still counts as a crappy draft pick. I'm not making light of the Henry Ruggs situation. Let me take a two-minute detour on Henry Ruggs. I don't know if you remember this, but I had not thought about it. It's one of my great failings is that I read an article, and we've talked about this with Hotel Rwanda, where you read it and then say, pass the green beans. Oh my God, it's so terrible, the genocide. Hey, is Wheel of Fortune on? Henry Ruggs was involved in that horrific car crash. He was drunk and driving a buck 50 in Vegas and ran into a car that had a woman and a child in it, and they died. Ruggs got arrested. And he pled guilty yesterday, and he's going to prison. Explain to me, as someone who has a Juris Doctor, it. You can kill somebody. It goes against my consequentialist beliefs. I, I, it's two and a half years in prison. I guess that's his plea deal. Okay. I'm not sure how that is a deterrent to someone drinking and driving. If you thought that you were going to, A, never drive again, but B, be in prison the rest of your life, are you getting behind the wheel even after one beer? Here's what happens. It's a flat tax. A flat tax against drunk driving is that if you kill somebody and you are drunk over the legal limit, even if they had an eggshell skull, find your victims as they are, life in prison. This is me. Is this me not being tolerant? Maybe so. But I'm sick and tired of people just drinking, driving, and then deaths resulting. So Henry Ruggs pleads guilty and basically tells the judge in the hearing where he does the puts in the plea. Yeah, I get it. Thank you, Your Honor. Yes, Your Honor. No fifth year option for him. Released. So these players that I read to you, all their numbers. All of these scouts, they go through the draft. How important is it to get it right 
versus what they did. I have a conclusion for you when you're evaluating your team and you're trying to evaluate your executives and you're calling for the firing of the GM you love or the GM you hate or the players you love or the players you hate. Take a look at the average career length in the NFL, in Major League Baseball, in the NBA. Average career length. The average player in baseball, the last time I looked, and it can't be much higher because it was this way for my entire career. They don't get to free agency. Free agency? That's that's the Jim Mora playoff level. Playoffs? NFL's the same thing. To draft a guy even in the first round and expect that he's going to be a productive player for the entire five years, that's not how it works anymore. That can't be the expectation. It can be the rule. But the rule is that if your guy who's drafted makes it to the fifth year and is still good, then the rule is that's the exception. The whole thing with free agency is that it is your job to figure out the value of the current player you have versus the reallocation of the money that you're paying to that player. That's how we think about it. Is this the best way to spend our pot of money? Whether our payroll is 30, 90, 200, 300, or even 400. Is this the best way to spend money? You, you don't build if you're smart. Many years we did it the wrong way. Side note here, Coca, where we would find players and then the payroll would keep increasing or decreasing according to the players we'd find or get rid of. The best way to build a team is that you have a number. That's your payroll. And then you build a team to that number. When there's a salary cap, that's supposed to be the concept. You have to have the floor and you build a team, but you have to build it under the cap. All these teams who go over the cap and all the different exceptions, you've got bird rights. You've got what we talked about with the NFL. It's all a bunch of horse hockey because the caps don't mean a damn thing. But when you're evaluating your own free agents, you're pretty much doing the same thing because you've got your payroll set for the next season and the season after that. You're looking at the players who you have who are getting more expensive. You're looking at what their cash outlay is. What do we owe that player that particular year? So when you defer money, like what the Nationals do a lot or what the Mets do, the Bobby Bonilla contract, the way we look at that is that if we have an $80 million payroll, and we have a player who's making 40 million, but that player's only getting paid 10 million that particular year, we would look at our team and say, that player is only $10 million. We'll worry about the 30 later. And there's a separate line item in every budget of money that you're paying to players who are not playing for you. That can be in the category of injured players or the category of deferred comp. And so we put that on our total payroll, so we look at what our total cash requirements are for the payroll, but the owner looks at it differently where he will look at what is my payroll on the field, what is my payroll obligation in total. And the payroll obligation in total includes deferred comp, it includes all the minor leaguers who you're paying on your 40-man roster, it includes the, pay, the players who are injured on the injured list who still get paid if they're on the major league injured list. So there's a bunch of different ways to look at the numbers. But the baseball people or the basketball people are trying to figure out how to allocate the money that they're given. The Memphis Grizzlies, God, that introduction, Coke is going to be so pissed. Sorry, Coca. The introduction to that story was way too long. So for 
The way I think about free agency and the way executives do is they have to figure out who they want to retain or whether that money is better used elsewhere. The Memphis Grizzlies wasted no time going public yesterday for no particular reason, saying that Dylan Brooks will not be on the team. Is it true that he's not on the team because of the way he acted? Is it true that they don't want him to be on the team because he's going to ask for too much money? He's coming off a $35 million three-year deal. Is he more than a $10 million player? Is he less than a $10 million player? The reason we're even talking about Dylan Brooks on this show is what Dylan Brooks did when he called LeBron James old. Did he look old last night, DB? When he poked the bear, which he did, and he said, I love doing some poking. I mean, who doesn't love doing some poking of bears from time to time? But the problem is, if you poke the wrong bear, you better be able to climb quite a tall tree. Dylan Brooks and the Grizzlies were not able to escape this bear, and they're gone. And the Warriors are now seeing the collateral damage of having poked the Lakers bear as the Lakers won game one in Golden State last night in that epic matchup of James versus Curry. And for whatever reason, we've got the GM of the Grizzlies. His name is Zach Kleiman. He needed us to know that they don't want Dylan Brooks anymore. We don't do that. There is no reason to discuss it. And what he said was, we're going to take a different approach as it pertains to trash talk next season. Do you think that Zach Kleiman would have minded the trash talk that Larry Bird did or Michael Jordan? I'm just curious. Why would you say you're not rumors under any circumstances going to bring back a player because you don't like the trash talk. You'll see a different approach from this team. I don't understand what his plan was. Why does he need to say that? He was even asked specifically about Brooks and he said, I'll hit on DB another day. Nothing I can comment on for now with him going into free agency. But you just talked about him. Who exactly do we think you meant when you said we're going to take a different approach as it pertains to trash talk? We're good at this. We're good when we meet the media of saying what we want to say so you get to make an inference and we don't get to get in trouble from the league or from the commissioner. We don't want to get caught tampering. We don't want to lose any draft picks. But at the same time, we have this need to let you know why we do what we do. We want you to approve. We're the most insecure bunch, those who run sports teams. Owners, it's crazy. These owners have made so much money in their other businesses, and they are so insecure with PR. They want to be liked and loved so badly. Why? The GM of the Grizzlies has to explain to you why they're not bringing Dylan Brooks back. I don't give a flying rat's pituitary gland. Here's why you're not bringing Dylan Brooks back. Because your team wasn't good enough. And by the way, if you're going to give me a whole song and dance about Dylan Brooks and trash talk, so you're saying you don't like the trash talk, you don't like the poking of the bear, but the strippers and the dollar bills and the guns were good. Come on, give me a break. How about standing up and meeting the media and saying this was a disastrous season? I think it's very clear that our players were not properly focused on getting the job done, which was to win enough games to win a playoff series. We looked overmatched mentally and physically on the court. 
the distractions that we had to live through during the regular season, the playoffs are unacceptable. And we are going to eliminate all distractions next season. We don't know how to do it because whoever we bring in, there'll be a distraction. But the current day distractions were eliminating. Uh, Zach, does that mean that you're not bringing John Moran back? Oh, no, 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 no. Those distractions were good with. But the other ones of the players who aren't good enough, those distractions we're going to get rid of. Give me a break. Why not just say that we're getting rid of players who are ineffective because of what they do on the court. And if they're bad off the court, we get to say it's because they're bad off the court. But if they're really good on the court, it doesn't matter what they do. We'll do a little suspension. We'll do a little reclamation project. But OMG, we're going to treat them differently. I found the whole thing to be quite, quite disenchanting to me. This is a guy, Dylan Brooks, suspended from a playoff game last year. He's the same guy who didn't meet the media this year when he was going through the whole bear poking. He was happy to talk to LeBron, but not the media. They fined him 25 grand. All the talk was about LeBron and Dylan Brooks. It's not like we did a whole segment on this on Levitard, I think, where we talked about that guy. Who's the guy, Coco, who played for the uh, Pacers who blew in his ear? I want to say his last name was Stevenson, but I'm completely blanking on his first name. This is amazing. We're live. We're live. This is what happens. Anyway, that's it. Lance Stevenson. Thank you, Coca. Lance Stevenson. All right. Dylan Brooks not coming back to the Grizzlies. Whatever. Just tell us the truth. Because he stinks and you're pissed at him. John Morant will be back. We come back. We're going to review a movie that one of you asked me to watch. And I'm still going to watch a movie every day. And I'm still going to watch what you asked me to watch when I get to it. But come on. And then we're going to talk about Max Scherzer again. Max Scherzer comes back to pitch for the Mets in Detroit. They're making a big deal. Scherzer's back. Verlander's back. They're going back to where it started in Detroit. But what Scherzer is talking about injuries is way more interesting to me. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson. Matthew Coke and I are here live every day, 8 to 845. Make sure you rate and review. Tell your friends about us. Because in this space, we are loved. And we feel it from you. Thank you. And we send it all the way back, all the way through the wires. Okay. Who told me to watch on a wing and a prayer? I get that I like Heather Graham. I'm a fan of Boogie Nights. I'm in. Roller girl for life. 
Dennis Quaid, give me inner space. Give me, was he in The Rookie? He's been in a bunch of great movies. I'm in. On a wing and a prayer is about a man and a woman who are married. They get on a plane. The pilot has the big one. Here's a little note for those of you getting on planes. You may want to look for two pilots. Just throwing it out there. I'm not trying to do a flex. I don't view it as a flex. I sort of view it as a min wreck. A minimum requirement is that if one guy has the big one, there's another guy who can take over. This is the true story of the big one. Down goes Frasia. Down goes Frasia. In goes Dennis Quaid. Oh, I know how to fly a little plane, but this is a big plane. What do I do? And then people come to the rescue. Press that button. Press this button. It was like Robert Hayes in Airplane. I was waiting for the mannequin to show up. The big stuffy guy, the blow up doll in Airplane. I was waiting for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You tried dragging Lanier and Walton up the court for 48 minutes. Roger, Roger, what's your vector, Victor? It's all going to work out well in the end. Wouldn't be a really good Hollywood movie if they went nose down, would it? Be a terrible ending. This movie doesn't end that way. Spoiler alert. That's not even a fine. I'm not going to be criticized for spoiling that on a wing and a prayer does not end with a nosedive. It's not a good movie. It's just not inspirational. No. A tired subject matter. Yeah. A hard pass. Hell yeah. I was doing DMs throughout the entire movie. On a wing and a prayer. There is no wing and no prayer that will make you watch this movie. Okay. We're going to hear all about pitch clocks all season long. All about the new rules, the game time. We've touched on it on this show. We'll continue to touch on it because it's good content. Every time there's a two and a half hour game, every time we're done at 920. We do not have the statistics right now. And I've told you this from the beginning, whether it was on Levitard, on CBS HQ, whatever, it, it doesn't matter. I've said the same thing on Nothing Personal. Don't come to me after a month and tell me whether or not the new rules are working. Don't try to give me stats. Don't try to tell me what happened in the minor leagues and say this is what's happening in the major leagues. This is how we know it's working. This is the trend. The trend's your friend. Nope. We need a year. In my mind, we need two years, but let's at least say we need a year. What people have been noticing is the same thing they notice every year. My, it looks like injuries are up. Oh my God, all my players are on the injured list. All the Yankee fans out there, we've got 13 guys on the injured list. We have more money on the injured list than eight teams have on their entire payroll. Oh, I'm yawning. Every year we do the same thing. Every year you go into an owner's meeting and they put up the same slide, all the money that you're spending on the injured list. All the money you're spending on players not to play, all the old people who can't play, all the young people who get overpaid early and their contracts don't work out. I'm talking to you, White Sox. You know that I am. Side note, Coca, we didn't even talk about the Reinsdorf interview. I got pilloried for telling you a true story about Jerry Reinsdorf. Pilloried. And he said the same damn thing yesterday. 
literally the same thing. <sighs> it's, it's not even that it felt good because I know when I'm telling you a story that they're true. Well, I have so many true stories. Why would I need to embellish or make up a story for someone who I love? And I love you, Jerry. You don't love me, but I love you always, forever. It's good content to tell people what your view is of your team. It was helpful to me when I was 30 years old or 32 years old. I didn't realize it would be such a big deal in Chicago. I didn't realize you doubled down and say you never said it and then say it again. Got that, Jerry? I know. I know. We're good. I won't send you a happy birthday text anymore. I promise. I'm just kidding. Yes, I will. So why did you even get to the White Sox? Why was that even in my mind? What were we talking about, Coca? Nothing personal pick of the day. There's no way we were doing the pick of the day. Ah, Scherzer. Got it. Check. I have to look down now. I'm looking forward, looking into the microphone, looking at the time. <laughs> Here we go. So the league during the meetings is showing us all the money that is paid to people who are injured. That's not new this year. Reports are beginning to come out about the injuries because when Yankee players are injured or when Mets players are injured, that's going to get a lot of attention. But the fact of the matter is, I am not willing to correlate injuries to pitch clock. I'm not willing to correlate injuries to bigger bases, to the shift. None of it. What Max Scherzer wants to make very clear to you is that he is concerned that the pitch clock, which he has been against, here's why there's no credibility for what Max is doing. You have to know the background. Max was on the executive council when the collective bargain agreement was done. Max, his agent is Boris. Max voted against the CBA. It still got ratified. Max voted against it. Max was not happy with the new rules. Max was not happy with the new competition committee, which was from a PR standpoint, full of players. From a practical standpoint, the players had no power. Why was Max unhappy? Because Scott was unhappy. Scott's unhappy. Max is unhappy. Hey, Max, you better be unhappy. All right, Scott, I'll be unhappy. So Max has come out and said, here's what we have to do about injuries if we're pitchers. Here's what we have to do about the pitch clock. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to get in shape. Boy, that's so sweet of you. If one of my players said that, I would run right down to the clubhouse and say, listen, can we do a little favor here and not talk about not being in shape when our fans are making 60 to 70 grand a year and you're making over a million dollars a start, way more? Can we just say that part of your job is to be in shape and that it's not such a huge deal? Now, Max is someone who's in shape. Max runs the polls. He's not on the poll. He's not working the poll. He's running the polls. Running the polls is when you run from foul pole to foul pole. It's called EW. I have joked around with players for decades about this. It's eyewash. Remember in spring training, sometimes they're actually running in the outfield. That's how it used to be. Pitchers would run pole to pole. They'd be jogging as though they're pushing twins in a double stroller. Beer in their hand. That's not Gatorade. That's a beer. And I am not in any way saying that Major League Baseball players don't work out. I'm not saying they don't prepare. I'm not saying any of that. What I am saying is that's your job. That's like me telling you I'd like some credit for having tea and a halls after the show. Do you mind? I Give me some love. 
tell me how great I am for doing that. No, I got to take care of my throat, my voice. It's my job. My vocal cords are my life. I always have been. So Max Scherzer says that to avoid injuries, we're going to get in shape. We have to be ready. He believes that the injury bug is going to be coming across the league. And as the season gets on, pitchers are going to be more tired. And when they're more tired, they're bound to be more injuries. Been around a long time. Haven't quite seen that correlation. There is a stat out that in April, this April, the most pitchers ever on the IL since 2000. The most starting pitchers. It's got to be the clock. Or maybe it's them trying to throw 100 for six innings, though their stats saying the pitchers are throwing 100 in the sixth. They're throwing 100 in the fourth. They're doing great. There's a great article on The Athletic that you should read about this. And the conclusion of it is 100% correct. We don't know squat about Shinola. Not yet, anyway. When we go through the new rules with the players, when we're thinking about building our team and we're trying to get players in better shape, we're actually trying to get them out of the weight room, believe it or not, because so many injuries happen in the weight room. And I don't mean dropping a dumbbell on your foot like a dummy. I mean injuries that just happen from players who think they have to be stronger because they want to get down on the knob. They want to throw 100 players saying that the best way to do it is through weight training. But the reason we have a strength coach is we want players strong mentally. We have that. Physically, we have that. Everybody looks the same in the uniform, and it doesn't matter what you look like in the shower. We don't win rings in the shower. Shower rings, get it? There are no shower rings in a baseball shower, actually. There's no shower curtains. But we want players on the field. Are players incentivized to stay on the field? Not those with guaranteed contracts. This is not the NFL. In Major League Baseball, you get the contract, you get the money. Doesn't matter. Am I in any way saying that professional baseball players would choose to be injured? They choose to collect their paychecks and not play? I would never say that. Are there examples of players where that's the case? You bet your bippy. Witnessed it. Got a little thing. If you're on your platform, you're about to be a free agent. You got the agents telling you, hey, if you're hurt, don't play. We're saying to the player, hey, you're playing for your pay. Get out there and be effective. Agents are saying, if you can't be your best, don't do it. You're going to hurt your value. If you're a mediocre player, a middle-class free agent, the agent will say, get your ass out there. I don't care. Show that you'll play through anything. Don't go in that training room. You're one of my top players. You go in that training room and you don't play. This has been going on for decades. There is nothing new right now because of the pitch clock rule. And for those of you who want to go with the narrative that the pitchers are rushing, I want you to find me a stat of the number of pitchers who violated 15 seconds between pitches last year. Find me the number. Find it. Nothing personal pick of the day. We're 66 and 65. We had an 0-2 day. The Knicks, six and a half over the Heat. The game went off at 10 with no Jimmy Butler. Brunson and Randall played. The Knicks favored by six and a half. They won by six. Josh Hart missed a free throw that would have given us the win. We're going to talk about this on Levitard if I'm invited in today, which I have a sneaky suspicion I will be because I'm here. But if you're the Knicks, here's a little spoiler alert. 
to what's going to come out on Levitard, my view, if I'm given a chance to say it. And here it's my mic, my show with Coca, our show. The Knicks are DBR to squeak out a split at home without the best player in the series plane. That's Butler. You're not feeling good flying to Miami. Not in the least. If you're Miami, you're whistling Dixie out of your cheeks. That's how happy you are. Knicks six and a half didn't cover. Joel Embiid was named MVP yesterday. I think we had that as a pick of the day, didn't we? We knew that Jokic, can I take credit for that, Coca? Are you going to allow me for Embiid as MVP as a pick of the day because I'm desperate for a win? I liked watching Embiid get told he was MVP. Jokic came in second, Giannis in third, Jason Tatum in fourth. I like it. I wish Jokic had gotten the third in a row. He deserved it, but let him get the ring. We talked about it yesterday. I'm going to spend one minute here talking about the St. Louis Cardinals. I had an epiphany last night, and it was a pretty simple one. I fell victim to being like everybody else, and I'm not like everyone else. I don't want to be like everybody else. When I make my preseason predictions, when I make a pick of the day, I stick to it. I want you to know that I have conviction that the St. Louis Cardinals are going to win the Central Division. That was my prediction. So I do a pick of the day that the Cardinals are going to win because what I say to you is, by the way, it's still early, but it's getting a little later on the early side. Steven Matz better do something. Their starting pitching sucks. They got to beat the Angels. It's not a huge number. It's almost, it's almost, it's only 4869. It's only minus 130. This is the right pick. I watched the Cardinals lose to the Angels. We lost the pick. And I said to myself, this is it. I'm letting go. I took in a really deep breath and I released it in this incredibly freeing way. I'm not a yoga guy. I can't flex. I can't stretch. I can't touch my toes. Even I, I guess with an arm extender, I can. Sort of the way I can read without glasses. I need an extender. I took in a deep breath and I said to myself, The Cardinals suck. It's okay. You got it wrong. Stop picking the Cardinals to win games and to win the division because you did it before the season started. You got it wrong. Deal with it. Sixers are playing the Celtics in game two. I think the Sixers are going to do what they did, what the Heat did. They're not going to play Embiid. I disagree with the Sixers not playing Butler. If he can walk, I want Butler playing because I want to win the second game in New York. The fact that he can rest for four days until Saturday is not dispositive to me. He could have played last night and still gotten three days rest. And B, day-to-day, coming off the MVP, I want to see him play. But it's easy for the Sixers to say, we got what we wanted. We got the split. Not enough. I want the sweep, the mini sweep in Boston. The line would indicate that Embiid is not playing in the Celtics or a give me. They're giving 10 points. No, I'm taking the 10. Sixers plus 10. We also have the big series of Rays Pirates. Two first place teams. The best teams with the lowest payrolls in the National League and the American League. This is a World Series preview. No, it's not. The Pittsburgh Pirates will not win 81 games. They've had a great month. Tip of the cap. An extension for Shelton. Signing Brian Reynolds back. The unbelievable jubilation felt 
by fans in Three Rivers. I like it. Have a moment. But don't think for a minute that your GM or owner have changed the evaluation of their team or that this is how it's going to be. The Rays, on the other hand, are really good. Rays over the Pirates tonight. Okay. Coca, uh, will you play me some music, please? You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. Someone sent me a great picture on Twitter at David P. Samson. Someone had a T-shirt. It was a Dave Chappelle T-shirt from Half Baked. Or it was a pic- maybe it was a picture of Samson, the character. No, I thought it was Chappelle. It doesn't matter. It was half-baked. Half-baked is a movie that you should watch. You can be a quarter-baked, half-baked, fully-baked. Doesn't matter. You can be crispy. It's a really good movie. And the character in it, everyone wants to talk to. You want to talk to me? Get in my Twitter. David P. Sampson. Follow. Ask some questions. Ask him of Coca. Go to Instagram. Find a way. David, please explain why PSG would suspend Messi when they are trying to maybe re-sign him. Tell me you would not have done the same thing. And Lebetard was really mean to you yesterday. Are you okay? God, that's sweet. And no, I didn't choose that question because of you seeing whether I'm okay. And no, that's not even a relative of mine. And no, I'm not going to answer whether I'm okay. That's for me to know and for you to find out. What I will answer is what happened with PSG. Messi, if you speak to Mike Ryan, is on his way to Inter-Miami. He's coming home. Or he may be going home to Barcelona. Either way, he's likely not staying at PSG. Or he may be going to Saudi Arabia to play on a team opposite of Ronaldo. We don't know. Speculation. He's in the last year of his deal. Here's what we do know. What his manager did is a very common thing. They were playing a game last week, and it was very easy. It was, hey, we're going to give you some days off, but you have to win. Period. If we lose, then you've got to come in and do an off-day workout. We would do that all the time. Hey, no errors, no infield. Play crisply, come in late. You don't want BP tomorrow. Six runs or more, no BP. There's all sorts of incentives, But here's the thing about doing that to your team. You better be ready to cash the check. If your team wins, you give them the days off, even if your owner says no. If your team loses, you bring them in every last one of them, even your superstar. Well, PSG did not beat Lorient, the game they were supposed to. And guess what? They were called in for a workout. And guess what? Messi didn't want to be there. Messi said, I got to go to Saudi Arabia because I'm an ambassador. I get paid all sorts of money to tell people how great Saudi Arabia is. I get paid all sorts of money to tell people how great Saudi Arabia would be to host a World Cup or to host the Olympics or to put some Tide Pods in and wash some damn money. Give me 50 million a year and I'm going to tell you how easy it is to love Saudi Arabia. Don't worry about chopping people up. We don't really do that. It was one time. Women, we love women. $50 million in my pocket. We love women. Am I calling Messi a sellout? No. 
You want to take 50 million to represent something that you should hold near and dear and as far away from you as possible. I am not going to begrudge you the 50 million, the 10 million, the 5 million. Go make your money. But don't pretend it's something it's not. Don't tell me that you are all good with what goes on in Saudi Arabia. But that's not even what the segment's about. The segment is that Messi had a responsibility to fulfill a deal with Saudi Arabia. So he didn't go to the workout because he had the days off. So PSG suspended him. Hell to the yeah. If you want to treat your superstar differently, your team's going to stink. It's so tempting to do it, though. The reason why it's tempting is that you don't want your superstar to be unhappy because you're worried about him leaving or worried about him not playing well, or you're just worried about him being bad in the clubhouse or not nice to the owner or not nice to the fans. But at the end of the day, the fans really need Messi to be the nicest guy in the world. Do you need your superstar to sign autographs? It'd be nice. But guess what? Even here in Miami, when you do post-game interviews, when you're on the local news, you know you're not getting Jimmy Butler. When you're getting guests on the Lebertard show, you're not getting Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler doesn't want to do it. And the local media, the media relations people who work for the Heat, they're not going to make him do it. He's the superstar. That type of accommodation, I'm good with. Not going to practice? If word leaked out that Jimmy Butler took personal days off and missed practices, would you be upset? Fans wouldn't. Guess who is? GMs, owners, and presidents. You are part of a team. You want to be on your own program? Play golf, play tennis. When you are on a team, you act like you are a member of a team. You want outside endorsements? Be my guest. Do it on your time, not my time. I get to tell you what my time is and what your time is when we are in the middle of a season. I get to tell you when we're practicing. I get to tell you when you're not. Superstar or not, you don't have one say. Not one. They had no other choice. The dressing room, which is their locker room, their clubhouse, was not happy that Messi wasn't there. These guys all had to be there on the off day because they lost the game. Where's Messi? He's hobnobbing it with a chainsaw. Count me out. Count me out of criticizing PSG for risking him not coming back to PSG because of what they did to Messi. I'm of the opposite view. You are saving your team by suspending Messi. And if you happen to know he's out the door, does that mean that they're going to do it? Where if he had agreed to resign, they wouldn't have done it? If I'm Messi, I don't want to play for a team that doesn't suspend me for doing what I did. I want to make sure that we are an actual team with a chance to win. That's the whole point of it. From Messi's standpoint, he had a different goal in mind. He got on the plane and it was not commercial, I assume. Heads over to Saudi Arabia, sees that he's suspended for two weeks, and he looks right at his teammates and he said, it's just business. This is nothing personal. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, 
so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.